so you're going on a trip. Where are you going to? Going back home to Jamaica for a little bit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you haven't been back there since you moved here, hey? Or I went back once, but that was like four years ago before okay. the pandemic hit. And then, you know, all the jazz that came with the pandemic and then not being able to travel. And then we moved to a new place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I told you about that last time when we talked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you moved to Vanderhoeven in high school, right? Yeah. Wait, were you in Jamaica? Were you in like a like small town also or like a bigger place? When I was in Jamaica, I lived in the hills. So mm. it was kind of not really super isolated, but like the area where I lived was kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good area. Nothing much nice. happened there, really. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> was Vanderhoof like, wow, what is happening? Hey, my name is Robin Law, the creator and host of We're Out Here. I myself, I'm a small town queer. I did the thing and moved away in my 20s to a big city, then moved back to my hometown of Smithers, BC on Wet'suwet'en territory during the pandemic. Work, life, and you know, the globe was in a total state of cognitive dissonance. There, I said it. We're Out Here is a podcast about growing up queer in the remote communities of Northern BC. To be clear, we're not focusing exclusively on the hardships, though we don't shy away from them either, but rather the strange and unique experience of living in small towns as a queer person, our experiences, coping mechanisms, celebrating queer joy, and finding our community. I am Robin, and we're out here. Hi, everyone. My name's Sid. Some people do know me as XO over on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter. I am a part-time streamer. I've been doing content creation for the last uh, two years now, I think. I currently work at a vape store and I identify as gender fluid. Any pronouns work with me. I don't really have a pronoun preference. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to a good chat, basically. Cool. Awesome. I love that you are a streamer. I am like a newbie at video games. I've just kind of recently gotten into it because when I was a kid growing up, it was never really a thing. Is there anything you're streaming right now in particular? Well, I usually focus a lot of my content on Apex Legends, but in the last recent weeks, I stopped playing comp because I used to play in women's comp. I was doing that for a couple of months and I was pretty dedicated, but my passion kind of exploded on me and I got really bad burnout. So I I parted ways for, with my team and I was like, I just need a break. I I want to be able to enjoy the game again. So mm-hmm. Apex has kind of been put on hold until next week when the new season drops. But right now I'm playing Honkai Star Rail. And it's like the third game or fourth game in the Honkai-verse made by this one company. And they have been telling a story for a very, very long time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm currently enjoying that game. I kind of know life did a little bit because... <laughs> I I got like fixated on the story and I wanted to see where the characters are going to go and you know I've been really enjoying it. Is that something you've done for a long time? Oh no, gaming gaming has kind of always been a part of my life. I started off with MMOs like Free Realms, Toontown, like just those little kiddie MMOs essentially. Most of the games I played I think they were made by Disney when Disney was doing a lot of MMOs for a little bit. But there was like the offshoot, like PWI, that was, it was an Eastern game that came over to the West for a little bit. Terrible game. We don't talk about that one. 
but Free Realms was actually really nice. I hyper fixated on the game and I just put in hours upon hours. Like It was to the point where my friends in Discord we would be chilling and then everyone would say, all right, good night. And I would forget that I was in the call and I would still be playing Apex and people would wake up and they're like, Sid, why are you still awake? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? We were supposed to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm trying to give myself some breathing room, you know, because it was getting to the point where couldn't open apex didn't feel like playing anything else and i just i kind of felt dead you know yeah i feel like it's a relatable experience to get like intense burnout from doing something that you love so much that you know once you start doing it in like any sort of competitive or professional capacity and then it kind of hits this point where the switch flips and it stops feeling like fun and starts feeling like work mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so i totally totally feel that at least my experience with video games so far, like something I've really been enjoying is just like being immersed in a world that's completely unlike anything I'm experiencing in my real life. And I can sort of, you know, you can be anyone that you want to be. You can be any gender that you want to be, you know, be really good at things you're not so good at in real life. Honestly, it's pretty intoxicating just the freedom to experience the lives of these characters. And like you said, just get really into the story and stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like I for that's like a lot of what you're saying that's what honkai is for me right now that's what world of warcraft was for me too because i like i've always loved the concept of elves and just like being an elf and like in the trees and you know doing backflips and fancy things all the time but you know i can't be an elf because we're humans right <laughs> i know we're so bound to this realm to be humans <laughs> so when when did you move to vanderhoof what year um back in oh, let me do the math in my head real quick 2015 December. okay so you came in 2015-ish and you're in high school what grade grade 10 the grade system 10. wanted to put me into grade 11 because of my age but i had to repeat a grade in jamaica because i was having a lot of medical issues and i was a high school dropout for a while <laughs> oh wow well yeah i mean like grade 10 I feel like that's such a like tumultuous time no matter where you are but to like Mm -hmm. move to a completely new country to Vanderhoof no less and then be dropped into that high school scene what did that what did that feel like honestly because of my experiences with high school back home I was in a position where you know like still nice to people like still try like any interaction I had you know like they only had good things to say about me I hope (laughs) but for the for the better part of two years a lot of it is a blur because I I had really bad social anxiety and like I was just in a position where I wanted to get over the whole being in high school thing and I just wanted to graduate because like looking back home a lot of my friends they they were on the road to graduating if they hadn't already graduated with all the things that they needed. And I just kind of felt stuck for a while. And like I'm grateful for the people that I met in high school and everything. But it's it's kind of a blur, honestly. Mm. Yeah. And having to deal with a situation of this is not my home. This is not my country. And then on top of having to adjust the way that I spoke 
adjust the way that I acted, you know, it was it was like a whole new learning experience. And then having to deal with the fact that I was like one of maybe five black kids at school. And they do love the N word. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do love the N word. Wow. I, <laughs> like this meme that I see on Twitter sometimes where people will say, I'm I'm hearing my people, but I'm not seeing my people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But it's it was it's something that I'm I've gotten used to. Mm. I've learned to live with it. And there's a part of me like now I don't really there's very few people in town that I talk to simply mm-hmm. because of that experience in high school. But the people who I do talk to, they're they're really nice. And I don't have any complaints about the people I consider friends now. Hmm. I think you mentioned to me that you had a couple like queer friends too in town. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do actually. I have two right now who live in town and then a couple people who have moved away. But they're still relatively close in terms of how big Canada is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did meet quite a few queer people in high school and then people who discovered that they actually were queer. Some people don't really discover themselves until after high school, you know, when all the hormones settle down and you're kind of in a space where you can think, you know, especially if you live in an environment where your parents kind of dictate everything that you are and everything you will be, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so relatable. Oh my gosh. Because kind of my next question for you is going to be, were you like out in high school? Because for me, I graduated high school in 2010. So like mid 2000s was sort of my high school experience. I knew that I was queer at that point, but I was very much in the closet. Would you say that your high school experience, was it welcoming of that at all? Uh, it depends on where you are at that point, And it depends on like, type of person I think that you are because you know you have those people who don't really care like they know who they are and they act accordingly and they they do what they want but because I had one friend who came out as trans during high school up here not in Jamaica that that shit would not fly back home at all Mm. but up here he came out and I was one of the very first people that he told and I kept that shit locked up so tight. I did not say a word to anybody. And I think it was like three months after when he was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable enough to, you know, make it known to the broader community. And I feel like the school was kind of divided. But at the same time, like I did even say to him at one point when we met up after high school and we we're just chilling at his house. And I was saying, look, I don't know if you understand the impact that you had on school as a whole, but like coming from an environment where this stuff is not accepted. I told him coming from that experience to seeing one school change policies and try to accommodate, even if it ended up just being one trans person at school, like having that kind of support was just crazy to me. And it was, I it was kind of like, he was kind of the poster boy, almost. So lower school, a lot of those queer kids, they kind of looked around and they were like, oh, it's safe. <laughs> that was beautiful to see. 
it's a thing in the school that has continued to this day. I mean, of course, you're going to have people who are just like, oh, you know, the gays, they can't, they're trying to do this. They, they can't do this. You know, it's against my beliefs. And it's just like, yeah, you have your beliefs, right? But not mm-hmm. everybody believes what you believe. Like, that's why it's your beliefs. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. your, you know? Yeah. That's so funny because, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I feel like that's something that, like, I would say now is, like, a joke or, like, almost with pride. Like, yeah, that's for the gays. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's for me. But, like, this other context of, like, you know, in Jamaica, like, I'm assuming kind of based on what you're saying that it's, like, not a very like queer friendly place it's honestly i mm, because i don't live there now Mm -hmm. i can't really make a a general statement in regards to that because there was a pride parade back home um of course you know it was met with scrutiny but they did have a pride parade back home i have a few friends that are gay themselves you know and I think it's, I got lucky with my friend pool, you know, like I, I'm in a position now where I can, I, I'm chilling in discord with my guys and all my guys who've known me for a while, like they know I'm not straight, you know, and they, they're fine with it. They don't care. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really a big deal to them. Fewer of them do know that I'm gender fluid though, because I know that falls under the trans umbrella and that gets more pushback. Yeah, unfortunately, than mm-hmm. just being straight up gay, you know, mm-hmm. totally or pan, you know, mm-hmm. and it's. I feel like slowly, the younger generation is a bit more accepting, and I think you can find that across the board, like anywhere you go, you know, like the younger generation is just like, okay, cool. Uh, when are you getting online? You know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like when are we hanging out? You know, it's like good for you. But, you know, there are a few still younger generation people who have the influence from their parents and their grandparents of, oh, no, that that shit don't fly here, you know, Mm -hmm. which is just a crazy concept to me because, you know, why are you trying to be like your grandparents? We don't live in the same time as Mm -hmm. your grandparents. We don't have the same like repercussions that your grandparents had to deal with, you know, and it's, it's even funnier to me when some young people like they'll either come out to family members or they'll just be generally talking about gay people and their the the family members reactions to it is just like oh well you know like we're all a little gay sometimes and it's like hmm i mean that's not a statement a truly straight person would make but (laughs) okay all right you know if if that's the thing that you had to tell yourself to comfort yourself then sure you know yeah and like whenever i'm having these kinds of discussions with people of like older generations i try to take into mind that women especially you know like it was society was set up in such a way that if you didn't have a man you couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. you know and now we're living in a day and age where it doesn't even matter if you're in a relationship or not for the greater part of anything really you know you can go into the bank open a bank account you can get a job you can drive you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, these things are so commonplace in our society now that i feel like a lot of people don't remember that this was not a thing for Mm -hmm. a lot of generations you know like they had to get used to this concept they had to get used to the whole I can go out and just be with my friends, you know, and like, unfortunately, 
this is not the same for some places in the world. Coming off of the topic of like Jamaica itself, a very scary thing to witness because I am on social media a lot because of streaming and having to make networking connections and you know just be active on social mm-hmm. media. Um, it's very scary to see a lot of people suddenly being very anti-trans. Yes, like, I agree. Anti-trans, and it like you know to people who are active on social media and like you surround your circles with a lot of pro-choice and liberal thinking and just you know like we exist because we exist and you know capitalism is the problem you know like that kind of that kind of thinking fuck yeah (laughs) Seeing, seeing people just suddenly be like oh yeah trans people are the devil and like trans um trans women especially you know mm-hmm. like i've been seeing a lot of things with trans women um like a lot of people in power and who have influence they're suddenly saying you know this trans woman and you know they say it in such a very sarcastic tone they're like this trans woman you know they they parade around in woman face and that's another thing that pisses me off you can't oh. just take a turn like blackface and then change it to woman face and you expect it to have the same connotations. It it doesn't, you know, because like being black and seeing people darken their skins for the sake of playing a character, you know, like I don't get to wash off my skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to wash off the skin color when you're done playing whatever character you're playing. But like this is this is a is my life, you know, mm-hmm. and. You know, you can't really just say trans women are parading around in women, woman face or whatever. You know, it's it doesn't have the same weight. And to me, it just sounds stupid. You know, like it does sound really sounds fucking silly. Stupid. Yeah. And like there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, trans women are taking away women's rights. And that's that statement in and of itself is insane to me. Mm-hmm. What rights are you losing because trans women exist? Yeah, yeah, because like just bare bones like rights, right? You can still vote, you can still open a bank account, you can still get a driver's license if you want. You know, like you can still use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like you. What rights are you losing because trans women exist? Totally. Yeah, and like also like so often it's disrupted so easily by just like knowing a trans person like i think about but in high school and how just coming out and like him just being himself was all of a sudden like that's like opening a huge door for so many people and also like anyone that knows him and like you know might consider themselves transphobic or i guess i don't know do people consider themselves transphobic probably not they're gender critical i guess it it depends it depends Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, just to be like, oh, wait, this is a human being that I know and care about, you know, like, it's Mm -hmm. like, so wild to me that like, oftentimes that all it takes is to just like, have a human interaction with someone. I feel like that's something that like, feels a little harder in small towns for me sometimes, like, because there might, there's just less, less queer trans people or less people of color in the area, like, smithers is very white very dutch very christian coming out of a very christian household i grew up christian seeing a lot of christians push back on to me is just basic human rights you know it's 
it's just really sad to see when Christians are sometimes the most uncaring, unloving people. They don't practice what they preach mm-hmm. most of the times, you know? Like, no one's yeah. forcing you to dress up and go to a gay bar the way that you will dress up your kids and go to church. Yeah. Although, I, if there was a gay bar here, you know, I might try my darndest. <laughs> I know what it's like to be in a position where you feel like you can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Just like their idea of what they think the gay agenda is, quote unquote. They try to project a lot of their own discomforts, I guess, with their own belief system onto gay people. And they try to paint it in the same broad brush, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not the same. And then I've been seeing a lot of people, like, especially when it comes on to drag queens. And there are some drag queens who will go and read books for children at, Mm. like, libraries or whatever, you know. And it's just, it's just somebody who is very creative, you know, and has the capacity to deal with children. (laughs) Yeah, which I do not. (laughs) Yeah, who is just, you know, they're having a good time with the kids. You know, it's... They're reading a book. The kids are enjoying it. The person who's presenting is enjoying it. You know, like, it's just a very wholesome, nice experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And then people, especially on social media, where they try to take their quote-unquote advocacy Mm -hmm. for anti-trans things and anti-drag queens and whatever, you know, they take the most out-of-pocket situations, which is like a one out of 50, one out of 100 chance, and they're like, look, see, this is what they're doing to the kids. I feel like you have a very strong sense of your identity and like your morals and like the people that you keep close to you and care about. But where do you find like queer joy in your life (laughs) in where you live now? Like for me, it's like in little moments, like online, sometimes friends far away or like a moment in a TV show I see or like I saw a friend today who is queer and we just like hugged each other for a minute and like Mm -hmm. you know just these like really small moments but they feel kind of radical sometimes various little things throughout my life honestly like the one story I told you about my friend in high school you know and like the road that he paved that he unintentionally paved you know that that was huge I feel like that was a big turning point for me to be like yeah you know like this is who I am. It is what it is. And it doesn't change who I am as a person. I try to be kind and polite and easy to talk to, to anybody that I interact with, regardless of what they believe. Now, in more recent times, Apex has a roster of characters that are various members of the LGBT community because the people who develop the characters and just like the developers themselves, you know, they have this whole mindset of, you know, these, we exist. And I feel like they take into consideration that, you know, like people need to be represented. <laughs> Our last new character that we had, she's trans. Awesome. And um, she, I was, I honestly, when they released the character, I was super happy because I was like, oh my God, you know, we have a non-binary person in the roster and now we have a trans person and there are two characters that are pansexual and pansexuals we don't really get that much light at all so like the fact that we have two a whole two characters in apex that are pansexual is is just great to me 
but stuff like that you know like people you will see sometimes in gaming forums of people saying you know why is this important why do we need this you know just speaking generally like gaming has always been a boy's thing a man's thing you know like gaming is for the guys you know but like because of that a lot of women if they were in competitive scenes they didn't really talk on the mic because they would be met with misogynistic just bullshit mm mm-hmm. or they would play like little games like animal crossing or you know little farming games or just single player games and they would just like be by themselves they're still gamers right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but because of the pushback that you get from these men who complain that they can't get a girlfriend and then they spit shit in the mic you know it's just insane the, the duality <laughs> of man really like it's it's amazing to see like especially when i got into the whole like women's comp scene seeing all these girls who are just amazing at the game i mean they put in the time they put in the effort you can see it in their skill you can see when you're fighting them in the game you can see it by just watching their streams you know like they have the dedication and the drive just as much as any other guy out there who wants to get to that point you know mm-hmm. and you still have guys who are are saying oh if i was in a women's lobby you know like i would wipe this entire lobby no you wouldn't you wouldn't and like i have several girls that i look up to when it comes on to just the mindset that they have and the competitive drive and everything and like i aspire to be like them and i look up to them even if i don't say it because i'm i'm quite shy but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah you know like it's it's amazing to see like even like even if it's not queer joy like as someone who uh grew up for the better part of my life identifying as a girl mm-hmm. um even when i didn't want to it's nice to see that like women are now taking a bit of the it's a man's world thing away from gaming because gaming is just pixels on a screen it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't belong to anybody regardless of gender you know like it's it's something that you enjoy and like you were saying earlier on in the podcast it's it's a form of escapism mm-hmm. you know when you, when you're tired of the world and tired of dealing with bills and like living life and being an adult or like just being a person with school and responsibilities and everything you go on to the game and none of that matters you play the game you have fun you chill you know mm-hmm. so yeah. it's things like that that bring me joy that's awesome and i you know it's so funny cuz i think you said earlier that like you know and i agree it's like for years it's been like gaming is for guys gaming is for boys and it's like i kind of want to reclaim that i'm like no gaming is for the girls and the gays yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll find a, you'll find quite a bit of that in apex like within um a smaller chunk of the community but it's always funny to me you know yeah Yeah, and those are the ones that'll kick your ass like. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Oh, amazing. Wow, I love that. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Like I super have enjoyed just like getting to know you a little bit and I feel like there's so many more rabbit holes we could go down. I'd love to go down them if you want to as well. Yeah, I'm I'm down, trust me. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on and like giving me an opportunity to explore these topics and like have a voice out there, you know. Totally. Yeah, I'm really glad it's out there. Yeah, if people want to catch your stream, where where can they catch it? I stream on Twitch. 
that is my main platform for streaming. Squidum is XO. That's uh, S-Q-U-I-D-U-M-S-X-O at Twitch. Cool. It, it's kind of a long word, but like once you see it, it kind of just flows, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. I might check it out. I'm also hey, a Twitch newbie, but <laughs> Ooh, you have to send me your info. I'm always trying to help like small streamers and everything. Oh I'm yeah. A small streamer myself. Yeah, and, I feel you know, like I could I I can start well, I don't know. Maybe this is already a genre, but I feel like I can fit in the genre of like person like fails on easy mode at game and laughs uncontrollably like (laughs) hey i mean as a small streamer one thing that we have going for us is one our community is still growing right so we can interact with chat a whole lot and then two you know like your personality your personality really gets to shine through Mm -hmm. as a small streamer totally cool okay i love it you're giving me some twitch inspiration here so (laughs) Thanks to my guest, Sid, a.k.a. Squidums XL. This podcast is presented by the Bulk Valley Concert Association and funded through the Canada Arts Council. Hosted by me, Robin, and edited by Pamela Hassan. Big thanks to CICK, Smithers Community Radio for recording support, Maddie J for the theme song, and Carmen Redenante for collaborating with me on the artwork. Big thanks to CICK, Smithers Community Radio for recording support. 